0: So Revelation 13, and it starts out saying here in verse one, then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea having seven heads and 10 horns and on his horns, uh, 10 crowns and on his heads, a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, And great authority, and I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and its and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marvelled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, "Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him?" And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for forty-two months. All right. So that's three and a half years. Uh, The tribulation period we know is gonna be seven years, but there's this three and a half years where things are really going to uh, heat up, right? And it says in verse six that he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Okay, you catch that? that this man is gonna come and have complete authority over all the the realms of the earth. It goes on to say, and all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Hears the patience and the faith of the saints. So we see this beast rising up out of the sea, kind of a picture of, you know, the, the nations and, and the world. And there's going to be this, this authority given him. It says over these 10, uh, 10 kings, right? These uh, nations are going to be coming together. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, we've oftentimes looked at this Antichrist who is being spoken of here as this one that's going to come on the scene. He's going to be a a political uh, figure perhaps coming out of some kind of uh, government in the world. And those things all may be true, but we also recognize in the things that we've been seeing that it may not be somebody that's coming out of a, a government or political position. He's gonna be one that's going to have this sway or control over other kings that eventually is gonna be given, as it says in in verse seven, he's gonna be given authority over everything in the world. And then we see going on into verse 16 of Revelation 13, uh, again, familiar passages, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name Here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of a man. His number is 666, all right? So we know the system that's going to come into place at the hands of this antichrist who's going to influence other leaders and is going to come in a position of, of authority where Everybody's gonna be looking to him and he's gonna institute this system by which, you know, nobody's gonna be able to buy or sell or do certain things. And what's interesting is we're not gonna see, as the church, we're not gonna see this figure rise to dominance, right, Randy? We're not gonna know who the Antichrist, why is that? Okay.
1: Because I mean, the
0: Bible says so. The Bible says so, right? And and you just look at Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and you begin to see very clearly that uh, this Antichrist is not going to rise into power until what? Until that which is restraining is removed. And I believe that passage is speaking about no doubt the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit working in and through the church. So it's gonna happen when the church is raptured up to meet the Lord in the air and to go to heaven, the church is removed, and thus the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit working through the church is now removed, and it's going to usher in an even greater opportunity for evil and wickedness at the hands of this Antichrist, who then is going to rise to power once the church is removed, okay? So I think it's interesting to really note that and to recognize that though... We're not looking to see or find the Antichrist, all right? This isn't a, you know, where's Waldo thing? Who's the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist is most likely at work today. And he's in in positions of authority even right now to a degree. I believe we're right there. But what I'm saying is when we begin to see all these things beginning to converge and line up, for a global leader, because isn't that kind of the buzzword you hear constantly? Now, global this, global that. So when you see all things coming together for a global leader to emerge, though we're not gonna see him actually rise into power, it's right there on the cusp, which means what? Jesus is coming soon, thank you. Ruth, you get the prize here, all right. (laughs) It means that Jesus is coming soon, that we are living right in those exciting days. So I pray that as we look at all these things to do with prophecy, that none of these things are worrisome, fearful. These are not meant to cause you to run to the hills and to bury your head in the sand. This is caused. Uh, this is to cause us as the church to go, woo, we are living in exciting times, man. Jesus is coming soon. When we see all these things beginning to, to come into play and into position, Man, Jesus is coming soon, this is exciting. So that's what we hope. So with that, um, we played a clip last year with um, Prince Charles, who is now King Charles. So that's an interesting turn of events going on um, in the world, the uh, the queen passing, and now uh, Charles, who's been waiting a lifetime <laughs> for this opportunity. And, and understand something that, that uh, King Charles is lock, stock, stock and barrel in, in work with a lot of these entities that are, are controlling things. And listen to a clip that we played last year. I'm gonna play it again just to kind of uh, look at some of this global stuff we're looking at and the expectation of this world leader, okay? The scale- We're gonna need audio. The
2: scope of the threat we face call for a global systems level solution Based on radically transforming our current fossil fuel based economy to one that is genuinely renewable and sustainable. So, ladies and gentlemen, my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions, of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here, we need a vast military style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector, with trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders. It offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition.
0: Alright. Hey, Randy, what catches our attention on that video there? Do you guys catch that?
1: Well, the military, yes, but he with trillions. trillions at, his disposal,
0: at whose disposal? His, his. disposal. Interesting. Not a, a global or government entity, but a individual's Disposal. You know who is he speaking of here? It's not Charles. We know that. It's not Charles. Well, there's been a lot of speculation of Charles a rising to a position. Perhaps is he the guy uh, that's gonna? We we don't know absolutely. Um, I'm pretty convinced. So. I'm yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I I would be surprised. But but so we see this this kind of focus now really being given towards a, a global movement to uh, working together and if we're gonna to work together, we're gonna to need somebody that's going to rise into a position of, of power and authority that's gonna oversee this. So another guy that's kind of, you know, on the, uh, the whole uh, side of a global movement is Emmanuel Macron. Here's something that he said uh, fairly recently. We'll play this clip. Are
3: you on the US on the Chinese side? Because now, progressively, a lot of people would like to see there, there are two orders in this world. This is a huge mistake. Even for both the US and China. We need a single global order. All
0: right. So that's where we see things really uh, fast tracking now. I mean, it, it wasn't just a few years ago when we talked about you know new world order or now a single global order that that was just completely conspiracy theory kind of rhetoric right and now we're just seeing all these individuals themselves just repeating this uh, verbatim just constantly and there's this great push for a, a global world order or you know what what used to be called the new world Order. And so we've seen people rising to to power and having influence over world governments, the likes of you know Klaus Schwab. Now, last year we talked a bit about the world economic forum. If you are not familiar with the world economic forum. Uh, Get aware—they're the ones that kind of wrote up the whole Great Reset plan. Um, Klaus Schwab, who's been organizing this this group for uh, for years, who's the um, existential you know Bond villain, right? Um, and so uh, Klaus Schwab, interesting interesting fellow. Who, like I said, um, this person's going to come on the scene as the Antichrist may not have a a specific, you know, government title. may not come out of a a political office per se of a a ruling governing body, but again, uh, he's gonna have influence. And we've seen that with the likes of uh, Klaus Schwab who's come on the scene now and is really having a lot of control over government leaders. In fact, he has, you know, set up his uh, Young Global Leaders uh, group. You wanna share anything about that?
1: Well, he's, got, he's been doing this for years. He's been priming people. Uh, he's been, I guess, picking people. We know Trudeau is one of them. Uh, there was a clip where Klaus Schwab was excited because Trudeau's cabinet has like almost-
0: Half, know, of, the half b- of the
1: people <laughs> are right on board with uh, the training that these guys have gone through. Many of the leaders yeah. um, that are in the world right now that are active have gone through this global training program. Yeah. So he's, he's been in the picture for a long time. He's just now coming to the surface because this is kind of his thing. He's been working very hard towards this global yeah. world order and it's starting to play out very rapidly.
0: So he's really, yeah, he's really got his hands yeah in which is what a, a puppet master does, yeah. gets his hand and controls everybody, right? And, and so just recently, now at the G20 um, summit, we see Klaus Schwab, who's, again, this is a, a you know, for uh, government leaders to gather together. And then here's Klaus Schwab, just kind of hobnobbing with these guys, walking and, and many questions being offered up just recently what is Klaus Schwab doing here? This is for government leaders, and yet here he is just kind of uh, moving about, and you just, again, see you've got the new um, British uh, PM there, Justin Trudeau. Um, what's her name from uh, New Zealand? Um, yeah, Jacinda, thank you. And so you just see him, again, just kind of the the influence that he has on many leaders, much like what I believe the... The Antichrist is gonna do coming on the scene who just gets himself in to have this kind of influence and begins to take this kind of global leadership and control. Now here's a a clip just so you can see Klaus Schwab in action here, Uh, a clip of Klaus Schwab talking about the, the CHIPS Act and the need now for digitalization. So that's something we wanna talk about here. The whole digital ID, the advancement of digitalization because if we're gonna have a, a one world order, a single global order, well, we need to be able to kind of keep track of everybody which is what digital ID is gonna do. Here's what Klaus Schwab I just would uh, like to highlight uh, what you said about the European
2: uh, Chips Act because uh, it's an important step to create the physical brain for
0: digitalization. And okay, so uh, the Sorry Chips you know, Act. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Other than it, it sends shivers up your spine, but. Um, So he's talking about the chips act and it's important to create the physical brain for digitalization. Now, it may very well be that what he's talking about is kind of having a central uh, database and he talks about it being a near central database. Uh, But we know that where things are heading is that we wanna see digitalization become a, a biometric kind of uh, thing where there's going to be, you know, chips planted and, and everything like that. So digital ID is moving rapidly forward and it's for the purpose of control and tracking. Now, here's something. Digital ID is going to merge your identity and reputation into trust scores, all right? Now, we're seeing this happening in China with the whole social... Um, social credit, that's what I thought it was, social credit system in place already. And uh, this is something that you're gonna be seeing coming to a theater near you uh, very shortly, if not already. Um, and so along with the, this whole trust score is another thing that you're gonna be hearing about, ESG score, all right? Now the ESG score is your environment, social, and governance um, factors, all right, and so they're going to begin to kind of score you based on all these things to see how good of a citizen you're being, how how responsible you're being with our resources, all those sorts of things. And so, in order to track that, well, we need to get that much more digital with everything that we're doing. Why don't you, do you want to talk a bit about the the whole ESG kind of scoring? In fact. Look at here, it is on Royal Bank already. ESG, what does it mean and why it should matter to your business? So right now it's kind of being packaged as like, you know, helping your business to be very green and everything like that. But we know that this is definitely gonna be moving to an individual kind of status and scoring. And so we're seeing it coming up now uh, in in a much greater way. Do you wanna share a bit about ESG?
1: Yeah, sure. So these credit scores, basically right now, a lot of it is being done through business. And they're making businesses follow along and they're, they're keeping track of how well they're doing with their credit scores. Um, but there's going to come also to a personal credit score. So what that looks like is that um, people like your bank, for instance, people who lend money, are going to look at your credit score to see whether or not they want to lend to you. Um, mortgages and loans of any kind. So what they're going to look at is your financial institutions going to base your ESG scores on three primary metrics: environmental, social and governance. They want to see how well you're doing in those areas. so they're going to check and um, they're looking at ways just to um, figure out whether like even things like how you invest your money they want to know that you're investing in companies that have good ESG scores, companies that are uh, like, for instance, if you are investing in oil, your score is gonna be bad. But if you're investing in windmill production, mm-hmm. hey, it'll probably give you a, a little bit better scores. So they're gonna keep track of stuff like that, and they're gonna calculate it. Um, and some of the things for, on a personal level, they're gonna be looking at your energy choices. For example, are you burning fossil fuels uh, to heat your home? That's gonna be a problem. Or any other activities, you have a gas stove. And they're gonna look at those kinds of things. They're gonna look at, um, just your energy choices. So for instance, if you're using those things, you're going to have a low ESG score. If you're converting to solar, if you're converting to other means of of keeping your house warm or powering things, you're going to boost up your score. They're going to look at your transportation habits. Um, They're going to look at how far are you traveling to go to work. What are you driving when you go to work? Are you buying some gas guzzling diesel powered Fossil fuel monster, or are you using public transport? So they're gonna start scoring all this stuff, and it's gonna affect how you can go about life, because it's gonna affect how you can even spend money mm-hmm. when it comes right down to it. So they're looking at um, even your job. What kind of job do you have? And what are the environmental impacts of the job that you're, you're doing? How you, Like I said, how you invest your money. Another one is carbon footprint. So there's actually, I think, I think it's in Switzerland, I'm not sure where it is, but your credit card, actually gives you a carbon score so you can kind of keep track daily of how you're doing with your carbon score because if you get too high in a certain day they'll cut off your card so you can't you can't spend any more so you have to be wise in how you're you're doing that so they're gonna look at things like again your transportation they're looking at um, everything from from cooking what you eat how you cook it all the way up to transportation of how you get around And they're also going to be looking at things like your recycling habits. I love this one, sustainable clothing choices. I'm doing great, just so you know. Uh, Ethical purchase of merchandise, uh, personal contributions to help improve welfare of others. So if you have a low ESG score, that's going to change. Like in China, the way they do it, if you have a really low score, and they base it on anything. If you've been communicating with somebody and saying things they don't like, your score keeps dropping. Mm-hmm. to the point where even yep. people you know and love will start to push away from you because every time they talk to you, their score goes down. Yep. So it's just a way of controlling people. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and even companies now, they're looking at your ESG to see whether or not you're a good hire. And if you are doing all the wrong things, you're probably not gonna get the job. It's getting to that, lots of, and that's in your upper level. Where I work, we'll hire anybody. We don't About that, but there are places where they're really monitoring all those types of things, and it affects how you get through life. So, now we're going to get into next is how do you how are they controlling that? How will they know all the things that you're doing? Well, we're about to find out.
0: Well, yeah, Uh, in order to be able to really track everything, they need to make currency digital, right? And so, um, in order to to move from the, the currency standard we have now into a digital one, well, we need to have a big reset. We need to crash the economy, and everything you look at with the, the reports and the trends going is that we're, we're getting ready for a pretty big economic disaster and crash, and, and how much of this is kind of manufactured to, to bring out, you know, to, to take away the old and to bring in the new with digital currency to where now everything is going to be able to be tracked and monitored that much more and scored and now being able to control you if your scores going through the roof if you're not being you know a good a good citizen or 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 complying with all these things then they're going to be able to control you stop you from moving around stop you from purchasing certain things and 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 when we look at you know revelation 13 when people weren't able to buy or sell unless they had that mark you know uh we're moving that much more rapidly towards these things. So here's a clip we'll play you from Dr. Uh, Pippa Melmgren uh, talking about blockchain and and digital currencies. Well,
4: it may be a bit late for that. Uh, I remember talking to an Australian diplomat at one point about this break between the US and China and said, you know, both sides are gonna say, whose team are you on? Mm -hmm. And he said, our job is to make sure the question never arises. But the question has arisen. And so I think we have to go deeper, and it's not about the U.S. versus China. It's about what underpins a world order is always the financial system. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard in 71. And so I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how very important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having a almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on, it also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. Uh, But also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private, but what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life? Mm -hmm. Because that's the only measure of whether a world order really serves.
0: Wow. So uh, you can see that it's going to be able to just control track uh, See everything nothing is going to be uh, hidden. Here's another clip. We're going to play um, Watch this one
5: our analysis on CBDC in particular for the use of general to the general use uh, We tend to establish the equivalence with cash uh, And there is a huge difference there uh, for example in cash uh, We don't know for example who's using? a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, A a key difference with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that those are those two issues are extremely important and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, uh, to what cash is. Uh, All
0: right. Um, so anything you want to share on that?
1: (laughs) Well, it's gonna, they're gonna have to come up with a way to get people to buy in Nigeria right now. It started at about, just over a year ago, I guess it was. And so they're trying to get their people to um, get involved with this digital currency. And the people in Nigeria are resisting. Um, they're smart, they are been paying attention. So what they're doing is, so first, what they think we'll do, they'll do is offer you like a fairly large sum of money to open up a wallet mm-hmm. that gets you into the system. Once they get you into the system, then they have you. Um, and what they're doing in Nigeria right now is they've been restricting the amount of money that they can take out each week. They're forcing them. Like, I, it was I, the number's been all kind of all over the map. They've actually, I think this month, I think they released it a little bit because they were starting to see the people getting a little agitated. So they're allowing them a little bit more. But for, exi- for example, you can only take out probably, I think it's like 200, 200 a week, I think it is, something like that equivalent in their money of what we would think of as $200 in cash. Businesses get about double that a week. Businesses can't survive like that and it's going to be hard for people to survive like that. So those are the kind of things we're going to see starting to roll out. They're going to make it as a positive thing. They'll actually probably give you some money to start it. But once you're in, they have you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do to get out of it. It's gonna probably go that way. I mean, we know it's gonna go that way because the book of Revelation tells us. No one will be able to buy or sell. So we're gonna resist, um, well, I'm not saying all of you, but I intend to uh, as long as I can, for sure. But anyway, that's kind of.
0: Yeah, and so as we see, I mean, the the whole push is really for uh, control and, restrictions right Um, there's a new trend on on the way here Um, I don't know if you've heard about this some of you have but in regards to you know ESG scores and um, blocking what people can do it's going to become more and more you know inconvenient to own certain things it's going to be harder and harder to do that we know Trudeau recently has come out and and talked about how uh, is it by what year did he say, 2030, 20, 2050, 20, all you know, electric cars in Canada? Anybody remember what the year was that he said? 2035? 2035. 2035? let's go with that. All right. Uh, but I mean, that's not, that's not too far down this. Everybody's gonna be, and so, not everybody's gonna be able to uh, you know, own an electric car, and are, are, do we have the infrastructure to manage all these cars? Car. And so that becomes a complicated thing. So now there's a new trend on the way to say, listen, Well, you don't even need a car. We're going to design 15-minute cities. Let's watch this clip.
6: Before the recent lockdowns around the world, we led hectic lives with long commutes
4: and not enough time to spend with our families and friends. Traffic
6: polluted our air and smog blanketed our skylines. What if it could be different? What if we could create a new normal where we reclaim our time, our health and well being, and our communities?
7: This is the idea behind the 15 minute city a growing movement to make our lives in cities more convenient, less stressful, and more sustainable. A 15 minute city is one where everything we need is close to home, where communities are safe and inclusive, where the air is clean.
4: A 15-minute city is one where it's easy to get goods and services, fresh groceries, healthcare and other amenities are all just a short trip away. A 15-minute city is one where everyone has a place.
7: A 15-minute city has affordable, accessible and adaptable housing for households of all sizes and ages.
6: A 15-minute city means that you can work close to home or work remotely more often.
7: And we all play a role in our neighborhood. What if we don't go back to life as it was? What if we already have the power to change how we live? Together, we can reimagine and create the future we want. One that is cleaner, safer, healthier, and more inclusive. And gives us back valuable time to enjoy the little things.
0: And so, who's uh, behind this? It is, of course, as you see on the top, World Economic Forum, right? And doesn't it look like a nice, friendly prison for you, Isn't that great? Um, and so, the idea here is that, listen, you don't need to have a car, you don't need to really, we're gonna make everything convenient for you to be right here, but what this is gonna be able to do is going to be enabling those in power to bring further restrictions and lockdowns. Say, oh, wait, no, you can't move outside your city. You can't get around. There's going to be things that are going to be, you know, restricting you from moving out. In fact, uh, there's been ideas. Go well, ahead.
1: They, they, uh, in Oxford is where they're setting this up right now. You're only allowed to go outside of your zone 100 times a year. Yep. If you go outside that zone, you will be fined. Uh, I think it's somewhere around the $100, if, you, if mm-hmm. you go outside the... And then what they do is, it's kind of crazy, because they have a... To get to each zone, you have to have, go on a perimeter road, which means you need a car. Which, they're just so dumb. These people are yep. this way. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but anyway, it sounds wonderful when they, when they lay it out, but it's all about control. Yep. Everything that's going on right now is about them yeah. being able to control everything we do.
0: It's bringing greater surveillance, restricting movement to where freedoms are just being systematically eroded. And that's the, the things that are being set up to accomplish that. They package it to make it look like, oh, who would not want to live in a 15 minutes? Look at how easy it's gonna be. And yet it's gonna simply be able to usher in the things that that they want. Um, look at, you know, look at what we see <laughs> Klaus Schwab saying, da, I don't know if you can read there, w. WEF declares people have no right to own their own cars. You can walk or share. So, again, they just want to remove these things and, and really seek to kind of eliminate travel um, by a, a, a great deal. Um, you, you think of what's gone on over this Christmas season. Many people have wondered, has this been somewhat manufactured to just kind of discourage people from traveling, keep people at bay? Uh, and We know weather's played a part in that, but nothing that we haven't seen before to shut things down like they have. And so um, it's, it's very interesting. Now, I think it's safe to say that it seems that in order to usher these things a lot more easier, Well, we need kind of, you know, an emergency base to be able to springboard these things. And it seems quite apparent that we're heading and ramping up for the next pandemic. Uh, It seems plans are in the work already. Recently, there was this catastrophic contagion where they uh, do this viral simulation to kind of uh, share what sorts of things we might see in the future let's look at uh this is a simulation okay this is just um you know not real but showing what could be
3: officials in two latin american countries Alerted the WHO of several outbreaks of a new infectious disease that's mysteriously appearing across the region severe epidemic enterovirus respiratory syndrome 2020.
0: Do you see what that uh, acronym spells out? SEERS, right? What is a SEER? Person that sees into the future. And so is this something that they are now? What's interesting, they, they say that this next pandemic is going to be that much more deadly to kids, right? They know that already. Um, and so though these are, are simulations as to what could happen in the future, they've been pretty spot on in previous simulations, right? Interesting. You don't know, talk about Cladex?
1: Yeah, I didn't know about Cladex. Cladex was another simulation that happened in May 15th, 2018. Um, and then we had the Event 201, but it was interesting because um, from May 15th, 2018, when they had X, to when they announced the actual world pandemic.
0: The COVID-19 pandemic.
1: COVID-19 pandemic, that it was global. Do you know how many days it was? 666 days from the time of X until they announced the global pandemic. Yep.
0: That's right. So Cladex viral simulation, uh, talking about what could be 666 days after that event is when who announces COVID 19 world pandemic. And then they had another, um, they had another event, event 201, where they in October, uh, October tw- 18th, 2019. So before, and they had this event where they began to list exactly the things that they could expect to see in a pandemic, the things that exactly came to be in COVID-19 just as though they knew exactly what was coming. So with future pandemic planning, things can continue to unravel, to bring about this new world order or a, a single global order and be prepared for global health passports, which again are gonna restrict travel. Many countries are on board for this and are hoping to see this roll out by 2023 even and so again just restricting travel making it more uh, difficult for people so we're seeing a lot of these things coming into place and getting things ready for a uh antichrist a, a one world ruler essentially that's gonna oversee these things and bring about a, a, a global work. So things are, are so much falling in a place for sure. all that. And along with digital ID, what we're also kind of seeing the rise in is this rise of AI, artificial intelligence, moving towards transhumanism. Now, again, that's another thing that may have sounded like such a, a far, fetched sci-fi sort of uh, content, but yet we're seeing these things now coming to the surface um, all the more. Now, uh, let me read just a bit from this article here to give us kind of a little bit of an idea. It, it says here in this article, in a starting, uh, startling leap towards a future that, may, uh, that many thought only existed in sci-fi, a Wisconsin high tech company, Three Square Market started microchipping its employees last year. The announcement, Followed on the heels of a similar move by Swedish company Epicenter. So this was written a little bit ago. Uh, the, the first to begin this practice, while three square markets approaches voluntary, the company is financially subsidizing this procedure. And so looking at this kind of transhumanist agenda, uh, this article goes on to say, there's a name of this kind of cultural weirdness, transhumanism, a strange agglomeration of technology, politics, and even aspects of religion. The transhumanist view of the future features a fully mechanized simulacrum of society teeming with visible and invisible robots and robotic functions that will engineer the minutia of life at every turn, presumably to make life easier and more fulfilling. Implicit is the notion that computer chips should be embedded, not just in our hands, but eventually in our brains to improve performance but that's just the beginning. Um, Many transhumanist thought leaders, such as Kevin Kelly, the former editor of Wired Magazine, believe that humans are obsolete and that artificial intelligence, AI, is the next step in evolution. In Kelly's bizarre phrasing, humans are the reproductive organs of AI. So that's kind of where we see things going. Here's a, a quick definition again, what is transhumanism? It's a class of philosophies of life that seek the continuation and acceleration of the evolution of intelligent life beyond its currently human form and human limitations by means of science and technology guided by life promoting principles and values. That was uh, a definition given by Max Moore in 1990. So it goes on to say there, the intellectual and cultural movement that affirms the possibility and uh, or sorry, let me just say um, that Humanity Plus formally defines it based on Max Moore's original definition as follows, the intellectual and cultural movement that affirms the possibility and desirability of fundamentally improving the human condition through applied reason, especially by developing and making widely available technologies to eliminate aging and to greatly enhance human intellectual, physical, and psychological capacities so digital id is of course looming large it's it's here now it's it's at work but we know this identity is not just to be on us where we kind of flash a card here's my you know passport here's all this stuff it's to be something that they want to eventually be a part of us where it's just uh linked to us Here's WF again, Agenda envisions an augmented society ruled by internet of bodies, a, a digital ID. We played a clip of Klaus Schwab in the, the first service that talked about, um, you know, this CHIPS Act and uh, having this kind of physical brain or, or having it a part of his physical brain. We don't know if he's talking about actually our brain or just a, a database. It could be that. We don't want to uh, run ahead of what he's trying to say, but we know this is a direction that things are 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 going in, um, and we also see. I'll read this little quote here: the the unelected or the digital identity determines what products, services, and information we can access, or conversely, what is closed off to us. So we begin to see how they're going to use a lot of this digital ID, and eventually, having this just a a part of us to where they can close us off from certain things, restrict us. Um, we, we talked about in the first service um, this trust score or ESG score. Uh, you'll want to watch the whole message. I'm not going to get into it right now. We'll put it all together. It'll be up on YouTube. You'll be able to see all that was talked about. But uh, we're moving towards just, again, the surveillance and um, being able to see exactly what we've been doing, what we're a part of, but they want that to be certainly uh, a part of us here now. And so um, one person that's really on the, I would say, uh, forefront of a lot of this kind of development. And it's interesting, you see in the Bible, you have the Antichrist rise to power, then you have the false prophet that's really kind of signaling the way. Well, Yuval Noah Harari. Anybody heard of him before? All right. Many of you have. If you've not heard of Yuval Noah Harari, um, just forget I mentioned him. But no, uh, you'll want to keep your your eye open uh, and ears open to this guy um, because he's kind of like the the, the front-runner to a lot of these things, working with World Economic Forum. And, and he's the guy that's really uh, promoting a lot of stuff, like like a madman scientist. It's kind of freaky, the sorts of things that he's been kind of promoting. So uh, let me play a clip from him here and you guys can hear for yourself.
2: I'm with you um, uh, to shape us, uh, what is at stake? And I want to start with a quote from one of your books. Um, you said humans, you wrote, humans will change more in the next hundred years than in their existence before. Um, AI and biotech could undermine the idea of individual freedom, making free markets and liberal democracy obsolete. <coughs> democracy, you went on to say in its current form, cannot survive the merger of biotech and infotech. So, would it be fair to say that you think a huge amount is at stake in this, and why?
3: Yeah, very much so, I mean, on one level, the more shallow level, it would be a repeat of the 19th century industrial revolution when the leaders in industry um, basically had the power to dominate the entire world, economically and politically. And it can happen again with the uh, AI revolution and biotech revolution of the 21st century. And we are already beginning, I understand the, the current arms race as an imperial arms race which may lead very soon to the creation of data colonies. You don't need to send the soldiers in if you have all the data from a particular country. But on a much broader and deeper, uh, from a deeper perspective, I think it really is going to shape the future of of humanity and the future of life itself. Because the new technologies will soon give some corporations and governments the ability to hack human beings. There is a lot of talk about hacking computers, smartphones, emails, bank accounts, but the really big thing is hacking human beings. To hack human beings, you need a lot of biological knowledge, a lot of computing power, and especially a lot of data. If you have enough data about me, and enough computing power and biological knowledge, you can hack my body, my brain, my life. You can reach a point when you know me Better than I know myself. And once you reach that point, and we are very close to that point, then democracy, the free market, as we have, and actually all political systems, also authoritarian regimes, um, we have no idea what, what happens once you pass that point.
2: Do you think?
0: Well, that's a little unnerving. <laughs> we have no idea what happens once we cross that point, right? And, and notice something he said there, if you have enough data about me and enough computing power and biological knowledge, all right, you can hack my body, my brain, my life, and you can reach a point where you know me better than I know myself. That's a little alarming, isn't it? Don't yeah. add anything to that, <coughs> Randy? <laughs>
1: I, I can't even comprehend what these people are planning to do to <coughs> us, um, to have that kind of, I mean, I've heard of, that they'll get to the point where they can put memories in your mind that you never had yep. and take things out. They can, they're can they gonna be able to mess with your entire, basically they're gonna control you mm-hmm. in how you think and what you do, and you're really, at some point, not even going to be human anymore because you will be transhuman. Yep which has some other implications. That's the own.
0: direction things yeah. are going in that, again, setting up with digital ID, digital currency. For digital currency to, to come into play, they need to crash the, the present system that we have of currency. Uh, so the trends towards an economic crash continue to, uh, to grow. And so all these things are coming into place to where, yeah, you know, it's gonna move not just from digital ID, but to transhumanism. Here's another video of, uh, Ivan Noah Harari.
3: Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. That's over. Over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste, because a crisis is an opportunity to also do good reforms that in normal times, people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see, we have no chance. So, 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 so let's do it. The vaccine won't help us go the to the test. The vaccine will help <laughs> us, of course. It will make things, you know, m- more manageable. Surveillance. People could look back in a hundred years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the twenty-first century is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it.
0: Natural selection is replaced by intelligent design. The era
1: of inorganic life is now beginning.
3: In the coming decades, AI and biotechnology will give us godlike abilities to re-engineer life and even to create completely new life forms. We are about to enter a new era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. Our intelligent design.
0: Wow. Give godlike ability right the the advancement of biotech and um, all these things like you just see the, the direction they 're going in it's very, very unnerving isn't it um, and And to hear them saying these things out loud, not letting a crisis go to waste, and so uh, they recognize that in in times of crisis, times of emergency, these are the times that they're able to slip these things in to where people are gonna be much more uh, willing and compliant to do that. And so, um, Elon Musk is another guy that's on board with this kind of technology and advancements. He's certainly been a guy that's come out recently, you know, uh, to be a good advocate of conservative thought, Uh, purchasing Twitter, looking to really open things up to freedom of speech. A lot of people are going, yay, Elon, and I'm still kind of a little bit reserved. Uh, Elon Musk, whether or not good guy, bad guy, but we know that he's going to be, I believe, a real player in a lot of these things. In fact, here's a slide here. Musk um, says, brain chip to begin human trials soon and plans to get one himself. So he's all on board with chipping people's brains and connecting uh, all these things together. Elon Musk said he expects a brain chip developed by his health tech company to begin human trials in the next six months. I'm trying to remember when uh, that article was was written, but uh, not too long ago. During a presentation by Musk's company Neuralink, Musk gave updates on the company's wireless brain chip. In addition to forecasting clinical trials, Musk said he plans to get one of the chip's Himself. We want to be extremely careful and certain that it'll work well before putting a device into a human, said Musk, according to Reuters. Neuralink says it is developing brain chip interfaces that could restore a person's vision, even in those who were born blind and restore full body functionality, including movement and verbal communication for people with severe spinal cords, reported CNBC. The chip interface that targets motor cortex could be tested in humans, As soon as six months, the company said, the company does not have permission from the Food and Drug Administration uh, just yet to sell the device, but must said on Wednesday that most of the FDA paperwork for approval to implant the device in a human being had been submitted. Neuralink has been testing on animals as it awaits approval on clinical trials. So you see, they're looking to bring sight to the blind to make the lame walk again. Sounds familiar kind of language, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, deaf to hear. Things that um, the Jesus told John. Jesus told the disciples to tell John. Yep. Tell
0: him. Yep. The lame will walk. These are the things that you'll yeah, see. The blind will see. The yeah. People here. So very interesting progression that we see with transhumanism, with the, the desire, the, the talk, the the technology already to chip people and to make this technology a, a biotech, you know, where it is just a, a part of you. But again, now. That's just going to aid in further knowing everything about you like you've all known. Harari says that others will know you better than you know yourself. I mean, that's only God that does, that knows that. And yet here we are looking to replace God and make ourselves more God-like, as you've all said.
1: Well, you've all says that Jesus Christ is fake news. Yeah, so, exactly. You know where his head's at.
0: Uh, Interesting character, keep your eye on him. Now, a big part of of transhumanism is gonna be the incorporation of AI, as has already been mentioned. AI has recently taken a huge step with the advancement of chat GPT. How many people have heard of chat GPT? All right, you guys are on the ball here. This is an open source- How many many have (coughs) used it? Yeah? So this is an open source software that can create some amazing results for you in seconds. We're going to play a clip. Many of you have probably seen this clip, but uh, this explains a bit about ChatGPT here. How many of you clap? How many of you know what ChatGPT is?
8: There are things, and everyone in the audience should know this, there are things coming down the pipeline on the artificial intelligence front that are just gonna make your hair stand on end within the next year. Because there is so much transformation going on in that domain. And and that's been the case, particularly for the last six months, that it's, it's almost unimaginable. I figure a third of the universities will go broke in the next five years. So I'll tell you what CHAT-GPT is, just so you know, because you need to know this. And I don't know what sort of technological revolution this is. It's smarter than you. This is a big deal. So this AI system, it's a general language processing model, was released about a week ago, a week and a half ago. And uh, I, I went and interacted with it. You can It's an AI system, artificial intelligence system. It basically is trained on, well, a massive corpus of, of spoken and, or of text. So it's derived its models of the world from the analysis of human speech essentially. It, it isn't using real-world data yet, but that will be happening certainly within the next year. And ChatGPT analyzes a very large corpus of text and that corpus is growing all the time. Now it's already sophisticated enough. I went on to it last week and I said, okay, some of you know I, I've written these books, 12 Rules for Life, and then Beyond Order, 12 More Rules, because you know, You can't have enough rules and i asked it this is what i asked it to do i said write me an essay that's a 13th rule for beyond order written in a style that combines the king james bible with the Tao te ching that's pretty difficult to pull off you know any one of those things is hard the intersection of all three that's impossible well it wrote it in about three seconds four pages long and it isn't obvious to me, for better or worse, that I would be able to tell that I didn't write it. Right, right. And, okay, and that's pretty impressive, but the fact that it could do that grammatically perfectly, right, and quite impressive philosophically. I also had it write an essay on the intersection between the Taoist version of ethical morality and the ethics that are outlined in the sermon on the mount which it just nailed got that dead right brilliant again it took it about three seconds there was a a computer engineer who purported to work for tesla he asked gpt chat gpt said look i work for elon musk but i haven't been doing much for the last week so i need you to write me 10 bullet points about what i probably would have done as a as a engineer at Twitter what 10 things did I do last week that were productive and valuable and oh if you don't mind write me The accompanying computer code that goes with each project and it did that too. three seconds and the computer code works Right, and so okay, so that's that's already there So then a university professor did this he thought oh that's interesting any student will be able to write any essay on any topic with chat GPT and uh, Someone gave it an SAT, by the way, and it scored about as well as the average student in a well-functioning public university. So that's how smart it is. So that's basically an IQ test. He said, write me an essay. Gave it a topic, wrote the essay. He said, now grade it. Said, if we can automate the students, we should be able to automate the professors too. And so it provided a complete comprehensive analysis of its own essay with grade. It wrote, a. Someone else asked it, write the screenplay and describe the characters for the next $900 million Hollywood blockbuster. It's like, bang, plot characterizations. Then someone else took the descriptions of the actors and said, generate computer photorealistic computer images for each actor. And and all the AI systems could do that. So I'm going to tell you what's going to happen next. This is going to happen this year. So get ready. Okay, so now we have an AI model that can extract a model of the world from the entire corpus of language, all right, and it's, it's smarter than you, and it's going to be a hell of a lot smarter than you in two years, so you can get ready for that too, but it's not that smart yet, because it's just a humanities professor at the moment, it doesn't test its linguistic knowledge against the real world. That's what a scientist does, right? You come up with a theory that's linguistically predicated and then you throw it against the world and see if it sticks. And then the world tells you whether or not your linguistic construction is valid. But the new AI systems will be able to extract out patterns from the world itself, from images and so forth, and then be able to test their linguistic constructions against the world. And so they'll practice just like scientists. And the most advanced models are going to use text and image and action as well, because they'll build be to model human action. And so, and all of that's gonna come down the pipes within the next year. So hang on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, because what did my friend Jonathan Pajot say? Giants are going to walk the earth once more, and we're gonna live through that. I and mean, Elon Musk, one of the things he's working on, see, he, he thinks that the world will be controlled by whoever produces the most functional AI system the fastest because there'll be a first mover advantage. And one of the things Musk has been working on for a long time are distributed AI systems so that you'll have your own artificial intelligence to protect you against, well let's say against Google's artificial intelligence. First start.
0: Okay, we're gonna stop that right there. I, I meant to have an edited version in there but I got the the original in there so. Um, but yeah, Google is is sweating it right now because they're seeing this advancement come onto the scene now. Um, and what's amazing is that this all now accumulates information but puts an original text in front of you. So I was playing with this um, last night, I, I, I typed in the question, I'd seen somebody else do this, write a poem about Jesus Christ. I got a poem last night, I did it just now while uh, we're up here and I got a new, a new poem, an original poem. Here's what the poem says, a poem about Jesus Christ. Jesus, Son of God and man, Savior of the world, you came to bring salvation to our race and show us love and mercy's face. You walked on earth and walked with men. You healed the sick and made the lame. Stand tall, you gave the blind their sight. You brought joy and peace and light. You suffered on the cross, my Lord, for our sins you were outpoured. Your blood was shed, your life was given, that we might rise and be forgiven. Uh, and now you sit at God's right hand interceding for us, his chosen band. You are the way, the truth, the life, our hope and strength in times of strife. Oh, Jesus, we adore your name and praise you for your love and grace. We trust in you, our faithful friend, until the very end. Amen. So this is what that spits out in just a, a, a few seconds, as though... Um, an original piece, you know the 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 message, the sermon that Randy gave on December 25th. Ah. Chat GPT, it was chat just write a sermon. Um, let's this is where it's going. It wasn't um, bad. Um, it was, was it? it was all right. But let's try this. I got Give me a, a question or something for Chat GPT to do, and we'll see what it spits off. Anybody's got an idea of what we can ask it to do let me say uh i'll say this what should i've never tried this what should i tell um my church today i don't know what it's going to do what should i tell my church today (laughs) are you going to be using this in the future Uh, how, on what you should how say. How are we going to okay. know who wrote your sermon? As an, it says, As an AI, I'm not able to give specific advice or guidance on what you should say to your church. However, as a general suggestion, you may want to consider sharing a message that is centered on the love and grace of Jesus Christ and how his teachings can be applied to our lives today. Interesting, right? So that's what, and spit out some more stuff here, uh, some other things. You could also consider sharing a message that focuses on the importance of community and fellowship within the church and the role that each member plays in supporting and encouraging one, anoth- uh, one another. So it's given me some ideas of what I should say uh, to my church today. So um, very interesting. We may
1: have to cut your pay because... I know,
0: right? <laughs> Tell you. No study so,
1: time needed anymore.
0: So the advancement of, of AI is just... Um, mind-boggling. I saw somebody give a little um, kind of graph. I'll see if I can put it on here in a way that you'll see it. I don't have a a blank sheet here. But somebody kind of gave a a little graph here that said, here's the um, history of human um, advancement. Okay, and then here's us, you are here. And so it's kind of done this, I should, I did that a little bit wrong. It's kind of done this gradual. So here's this kind of acceleration of human advancement and you are here and this is where it's going like that. That's We're on the cusp here of, of something very big with the advancement of, AI to where what we're seeing happening is we're removing humanity. How tragic is that? We no longer are gonna know what has been done with a human touch or human thought. It's coming from AI now, punching something, it's gonna tell you exactly what to do, how to do it. It can write like students. In school, uh, I kind of do wish ChatGPT was around when I was in high school. <laughs> Man, I'd be acing everything. Even art
1: class, it does amazing stuff.
0: With our yeah. So it, it's incredible what this stuff um, can do and, and the advancement now. But now we're removing humanity to where you can have information at your disposal, you can have um, images. Uh, you know my son Kuala, they typed in my name that produces like images of who, you can see stuff on the internet of of people that are are non-existent you know and see things about them that you, we just are losing now what is real and what has been done with that kind of human element to it in fact uh Oh man, we got we're running out of trouble. And you can imagine
1: year. if we're seeing and have access to this technology, there's stuff out there that would blow your mind. But we are not seeing it yet. We're typically I don't think it's the same anymore. It used to be ten to twenty years behind yeah. what we see and what's out there. Yeah. I think that's changing. But yeah, there's there's technology out there that would probably I don't know what it would do. To and
0: they it. and they want that technology embedded into you to where now again it's just all encompassed uh, into this transhumanist agenda, and that's a scary place to be to where we're just kind of eliminating now God uh, from so much. And in fact, um, along with the development of, of transhumanism, again, the attempt to merge AI with technological connections to the human life we're now preparing to have babies born in birthing centers artificial wombs it's perhaps the only way reproduction is going to be able to take place in years ahead with the likes of genetic degeneration check this out
6: Introducing Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility, powered entirely by renewable energy. Ectolife allows infertile couple to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. It's a perfect solution for women who had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Ectolife, premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Ectolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs. Every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. Ectolife allows your baby to develop in an infection-free environment. The pods are made of materials that prevent germs from sticking to their surfaces. Every growth pod features sensors that can monitor your baby's vital signs, including heartbeat, temperature, blood pressure, breathing rate, and oxygen saturation. The artificial intelligence-based system also monitors the physical features of your baby and reports any potential genetic abnormalities.
0: So, it gets better, just wait, or worse. Uh, however you want to look at it Uh, so not only are we looking to produce babies you know outside of the womb but it's giving now parents the ability to control the genetic makeup of their children it's genetically engineering children to what you want them to be rather than how god creates them made in his image we are taking the place of god in creating what we are wanting and desiring.
6: And if you want your baby to stand out and have a brighter future, our Elite Package offers you the opportunity to genetically engineer the embryo before implanting it into the artificial womb. Thanks to CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing tool, you can edit any trait of your baby through a wide range of over 300 genes. By genetically engineering a set of genes, the Elite Package allows you to customize your baby's eye color, hair color, skin tone, physical strength, height, and level of intelligence. It also allows you to fix any inherited genetic diseases that are part of your family history so that your baby and their offspring will live a healthy, comfortable life free of genetic diseases.
0: Wow. Elite Package, right? Like, no big deal, Elite Package. I I think they did a great job with the background ominous music. Wasn't that good? It's kind of like Stranger Things a little bit there. Uh, Very fitting. Um, So what's the the, kind of the bookends of this here, Randy? Well, there's so many many things. It's
1: so sad. We we live in a culture that wants the freedom to terminate children. Um, You know, if you wanted to have a child, adoption is should have been a very easy thing for people to do. It's very difficult. And now, it's, it's so confusing, because we live in a world where they want to depopulate. Yeah. So the people that they want to populate, they want to have total control over who they are, what they are, what they look like. Um, and really, this whole thing is just all about um, getting God out of the culture. They just want to be able to control everything and have people stop believing in, in a God yeah. who can
0: save them. We're controlling how people come into the world, but now we're also controlling how they're going to exit the world. And so made uh, Medical Assistance in Dying, we're seeing this now again. And, and Canada has been on kind of the, the front lines of a lot of this. I don't know if you've seen um, the, the commercial that was sent out here.
4: Dying in a hospital is not what's natural. That's not what's soft in these kind of moments you need softness
0: it can
4: take dying to figure out what living is actually
1: like
6: I spent my life filling my heart with beauty, with nature, with connection. So I choose to fill my final moments with the same. I saw
8: the light in your
6: eyes. Last breaths are sacred.
1: When I imagine my final days, I see music. I see the ocean.
6: I see cheesecake.
1: now, as I seek help to end my life, with all the pain and in these final
6: moments, there is still so much beauty, you just have to be brave enough to see it.
0: You get the idea. And so check this out now too. We have now medical assistance in dying activity books geared for children to prepare them for people that they might know, loved ones that are gonna be going through this. And it's just, you know, conditioning uh, kids to, to think that this is kind of a, a normal uh, and acceptable thing. And like you were saying, Randy, I mean, this is nothing more than um, playing God in a lot of these scenarios. We have a culture that seems to be just um, fascinated with death, abortion made now, um, and again, just taking that role of God. It's a dangerous dangerous thing. What we need to be concerned about is dying to self and living for God, laying ourselves down to the glory of God. I wanna get into just kinda looking at the, the wickedness um, of the day that we're living in. And of course, um, with that, I think we need to just sort of address and look at how the church has just gone, you know, so woke in in many ways uh, and just kind of bought hook, line and sinker sort of the, um, the, the plans of the enemy and the things that are coming in um, lgbtq we'll just call it out you know and how churches are seeing this as oh it's an opportunity to you know love our neighbor it's an opportunity to you know win the loss but if we're not willing to call these things out as the word of god does and call it out as as sin how are we ever going to save them from sin and, and too many churches, we're seeing this this kind of coming together of this LGBTQ movement and faith now. And now it's a slide that uh, I brought up here. You know, we celebrate and empower queer youth of faith. This is something that we're seeing more and more happening in, in and among churches, um, you know, where there's the endorsing and... Um, the affirming of same-sex relationships, LGBTQ, and it and it breaks my heart. I'll tell you, I know, I know of a a church here uh, in in Langley that's that's moving in that direction, and I've seen other churches in the Lower Mainland uh, since I've been pasting here that have, have moved and progressed into those um, areas now. Like not just you know, kind of the the liberal churches. But now we're seeing these, these evangelical churches that I thought were once quite conservative starting to embrace these things now. And it's a, a tragic thing that we're seeing, but uh, we're gonna see it more and more to where it's gonna begin to cost something to just take a stand for what is true. And I say that to equip you and a cause to be ready. And, and along the lines of even, let me backtrack a bit, even along the lines of Technology. Somebody was mentioning to me after the, the second service here, you know, that as much as we talk about these advancements coming, we don't have to fall prey to these things. And we have to be ready to... Resist. We have to be ready to take a stand against these things and to say, I'm not gonna follow along because that's what the world is dictating or because it's gonna make me unpopular if I don't. We need to take a stand for what is true and righteous and stand upon the word of God, not being afraid to do so, knowing that God's gonna be with us and God's gonna bless you for walking in obedience to what he has to say in his word for you. So I wanna encourage you in that here. Um, but, you know, along those lines here with, with this, I mean, just recently, right, um, Amy Grant, right, came out, uh, not came out, I'm, I'm careful! <laughs> ah! yeah. Not Amy! Edit that. Yeah, let's edit, let's pause that. <laughs> That's so bad. Um, Amy Grant um, shared recently how uh, her and her husband are gonna be hosting the same-sex marriage of her niece. and. And she came out, uh, described her progressive views to the Washington Post saying, Jesus, you just narrowed it down to two things, love God and love each other. I mean, hey, that's pretty simple, she said. Grant also detailed her reaction when her niece first came out saying, what a gift to our whole family to just widen the experience of our whole family. In 2021, Grant was more outspoken saying in an interview on Proud Radio, who loves us more than the one who made us? None of us are surprised to God, nothing about who we are or what we've done. That's why, to me, it's so important to set a welcome table because I was invited to a table where someone said, don't be afraid, you're loved. Gay, straight, it does not matter. So that's coming from Amy Grant, right? Uh, And not that she's the authority on all things, but again, I I put that out there to say that you're going to start to see more and more people in the day that we live beginning to side with these things. And, and that's been the message, isn't it? Love is love. You know, God just says, love him and, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, we can't love God properly if we're not walking in obedience to him. And we're not gonna be loving our neighbor if we're not willing to communicate truth to them. Truth that ultimately is gonna potentially lead them to hell if they don't hear the news of what Jesus Christ has done for them and the call to repentance of sin and turning to him. So um, those aren't loving things to ignore that. And that's what sadly we're seeing happening a lot uh, within churches. So along the lines of just wonkiness and wickedness in the world, I don't know if you've seen this here, um, but we're seeing just kind of the rise of of satanism there's the satanic temple plans the largest satanic gathering in history in boston that's going to be coming up at the satan con 2023 convention that's coming up in um april of this year it says in the article despite its name um the satanic temple Describes itself as a non theistic religious organization that does not believe in Satan. The group advocates for secularism and is based in Salem, Massachusetts. According to the TST website social media post, SatanCon 23 will take place in April. The event has been heralded as a weekend of blasphemy and remembrance in Boston. Its theme is Witches' Night. So that's what's um, taking place. Uh, I've I, I once lived over in uh, Rhode Island, just an hour from Boston and, and, you know, Brown University there. And I saw just some real uh, satanic, wicked, dark things there. And that was back in, uh, man, the late 80s. Man, that's a long time ago. And, and just to see, you know, the way that it just continues to unravel now. And this becoming more and more of just a, a mainstream kind of acceptable thing. Satan clubs, you know, taking place or being advertised in schools, elementary school for kids now. You know, um, it's, it's a wicked place that we're seeing uh, unfolding in our world. Uh, last summer, Commonwealth Games, Randy. What went on there? D- did anybody see that?
1: It's pretty. It's pretty crazy, wasn't it? We're gonna show you a cl- just a short clip of some of what went on there, where people were worshiping the beast, and they pl- they played this all out. And we're gonna just let you have a look at it. But it's just, it's getting so blatant. Yeah. Like this wickedness, this evil is just. They're they're just going full bore now. They don't it's care. It's being
0: celebrated, right? Yeah.
1: Which it's is- becoming the thing. to yeah. the- to get excited about and we, we ran a um, in the last message we ran um, a video about uh, made it was a commercial that was made for a maid. Um, and it made animated dying this beautiful thing and committing suicide because your life was too difficult and yet it's when you think about it what happens when you die when you don't know Jesus Christ you're in hell. Whatever that person was suffering is nothing compared to what they're g- going to be suffering when it happens. And so it just got to the point where they sort of numbed everybody yep. to thinking that we're just human beings and then we die. And then now f- you can make us into fertilizer. Apparently it's legal in a lot yes, of the US that's states. Right. Exactly. Um, so the body just has no meaning anymore and they don't believe in any kind of afterlife. And so that's what's causing so much of this crazy. And, and whose fault is this? It's the church's fault for not teaching the truth and letting this stuff just go on and on. So anyway, Commonwealth, we're going to show you a, a clip of just kind of what went on. This is being celebrated uh, globally now. This is Commonwealth Games. Yep. The opening ceremonies. You can call me crazy, but do you not think that this looks like this? And do you not think that this thing right here bears an awful resemblance
2: to this thing right here? For those of you who are not familiar with what has just happened, every four years, 56 countries come together and they put on a smaller version of the Olympics. It's called the Commonwealth Games. And this year, at the opening ceremony, which was hosted in my country, England, do you know what they did? They brought out a 32-foot bronze bull and then a big crowd of people got down on their knees and began to worship this ball. Now I know exactly what you're thinking. You're saying, Joe, is just a piece of art. Calm down, sit down, and be quiet. Well, can I say this? If Moses, when he noticed that the people of Israel, after being gone for just five minutes, they turned and worshipped a golden calf, if Moses slapped down the Ten Commandments and his face was filled with rage, is it wrong for me to just simply ask the question, what on earth is going on right now? Okay, I do admit that this could all be one big coincidence. But personally, I do find it rather suspect that right now, in the world we live in, we have never seen more spiritual darkness. We have never had more people in the world who are anti-God, who hate the God of the Bible, and do everything that is opposite to what the God of the Bible commands. And then we tune in on TV, and we see millions of people tuning in to see a big bunch of actors worshipping a bronze bull in a ceremony. Why is that so strange to me? Because there is one God. When there was times of darkness in the Bible, there is one God that the people of Israel repeatedly went back to worshiping over and over again, and it grieved God's spirit. What was this God's name?
6: Baal. And what animal was Baal? You've guessed it. He was a bull.
0: There you go. So you'll see that imagery a lot. You know the uh, the baphomet, the the, the bull's head in, in a lot of you know, pop culture and music and things like that like you see this popping up more and more and it's just a, a celebration of all things that are again, anti-God. It's the, the world that we're uh, living in, which again, we simply bring up, not to go, oh, what an awful time to be alive. It's causing us and I pray it's causing us as the church to go wow this is exciting that we get to be the generation that really sees the convergence and the culmination of these things to a level that we've never seen before to where the only, the only kind of outcome is Jesus you're, you're coming soon <laughs> like how much longer can it go and yes we don't know exactly but I believe the Lord is, is coming soon when we see all these things Uh, unfolding as they are now another go ahead i was just going to say that you know when the bible
1: tells (laughs) us that uh, there's a day coming when good will be called evil and evil will be called good
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i think we're there yeah i I don't it's going to get worse but that's what's happening what was once evil is now good and what the bible stands for what the bible teaches us is bad and it's going to be condemned soon i would think
0: yeah and it's interesting in that, in that clip we show the bull You know, a woman was sitting on top of it Revelation talks about the woman riding, you know, the, the beast And uh, that's going to be in the, in the end times How the Antichrist is going to use a religious component To usher in uh, a lot of the, the agenda and things they're, they're doing And so that's got biblical um, ties to it as well Now, uh, one thing when we deal with prophecy uh, One thing that we need to always keep our pulse on and look at and that is the nation of israel because israel is really that um, prophetic timepiece of god it's really god's prophecy revolves around the nation of israel we know that uh, during the tribulation period uh, the tribulation period is going to be largely uh, about israel and and seeking to bring Israel to a place of repentance and turning back to God. It all ties into Daniel uh, chapter nine and the 70 weeks that are prophesied for uh, God's people in their holy city, that's speaking of Israel. Well, those 69 of those 70 weeks, which are groups of seven years, have been fulfilled already that led us up to the coming of Jesus Christ, at his first coming, walking into Jerusalem, at the triumphal entry, there's now a final seven years. That one final week that is yet to be fulfilled, which is what the tribulation is about, seven-year tribulation. And so God's not done with Israel. God's still working with Israel, and that seven-year tribulation period is gonna be a huge time. And we know that during the tribulation period, the temple is gonna be rebuilt. Because, you know, halfway through, the Antichrist is gonna go into the temple and seek to be worshipped. Uh, Jesus talked about the when you see the abomination desolation flee to the mountains he's speaking to to Jews and to Israel that during that time if you're alive when you see that happen get out that's going to be a very uh things are going to heat up all the more in that last half of the tribulation but we know tribulation or the temple is going to be uh rebuilt and right now when you go to uh to Israel you can just see the movement that there is towards the rebuilding the temple we go to the temple institute in the temple institute we see all the different furnishings um, designed for the temple articles of clothing for the priest like, we see everything is set up for the temple they just need to be able to build uh, their temple but even now there's a continued push for seeing things taking place at the temple mount which which in times past was just a, a real difficult hot button thing for Jews to do anything kind of there uh, of any kind of religious ceremony other than praying at the Western Wall to, to be doing that. But now there's been a real push for seeing sacrifices taking place there. There's this article, Third Temple Baby Steps, temple activists petitioned for the Passover sacrifice. Raphael Morse, the head of, of Return to the Mount, told Israel 365 news that there is actually strong grassroots support for reinstating the Passover offering on the Temple Mount that's significant. We have lots of people, uh, private and even in the government, that supports this quietly, but who are scared to say so in public, Morris said, and there's no reason why we shouldn't do it. Morris pointed to the exponential growth in the number of Jews ascending to the Temple Mount 100 years ago. It would have been crazy and an incitement of the Arabs to talk about a jewish state in israel Moore said 80 years ago it was a crazy incitement to talk about jews praying at the kotel the western wall or in hebron the korban pishak passover sacrifice is a biblical commandment the jewish people perform for thousands of years in jerusalem it is the most normal thing where we are today he says to bring the passover sacrifice is quite a small step now so things are moving uh, along those lines to reinstate these things And to see these things actively done And of course, you know, they want a temple Where they can do the sacrifices and do all things The way that God has laid out for them in God's word um, Along with these steps being taking place We've seen a real uptick in Aliyah, Which is uh, Jewish people coming back to the land And, and, and settling Uh, in their land Uh, article here ezekiel's bones live a dramatic increase in those making aliyah to israel and uh look at this is just a fulfillment of what was prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I've opened your graves O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I'll put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. And so we're seeing a desire for many Jews to return and to, again, occupy and live in the land that God has given them. That's an exciting thing. What other stuff is going on in, in Israel, Randy, that's kind of exciting.
1: Well, they have a new prime minister.
0: They have a new prime minister. For how many times is that now? Is it his fifth time or something? Yeah, Netanyahu, back in office, that's a good
1: thing. Yeah, and he's um, sort of got an agenda to uh, take care of Iran's nuclear problems, yeah. which who knows what's going to happen with that. Uh, I've heard some people say that um, as good as Israel is, they don't have the ability to take out Iran's nuclear they put their, their sights way deep in the ground. The only one who have that I know of that a bunker buster bombs is the U.S. Joe Biden's been sleeping for so long he's not even aware of any of it. I don't think they have a great relationship with, with the United States right now. So there's yeah. some concern yep. whether Israel can even actually do it. Mm-hmm. But they're very much talking about this is something that has to happen pretty quick. And So we don't know how that will all s- play out. Yeah. But... Um, It'll be interesting to watch.
0: But there's a lot of, you know, uh, rumblings out there about Israel getting ready to try to launch an attack on uh, Iran, taking out nuclear uh, facilities and such. And so, um, you know, when you start hearing those things kind of being publicly talked about like that, you know, uh, they've recently uh, taken out, you know, the Damascus uh, airport shut it down for a little bit, um, and so there's some interesting things uh, developing there. It could get a little heated this year. Yeah, I think it
1: could. Mind you, God's in control, and who knows what'll happen. That's right. So, but it could. Well, there's so many wars and rumors of wars right now. Yeah. There's so well, many possible things that could just explode this coming year.
0: And we haven't even gotten into the whole uh, Ukraine Russia uh, scenario today. That'll be for the the fourth service. That'll be for... Yeah, we should do a four I think. saving that for the four serves. Okay, Um, we gotta wrap it up here quickly, but um, one other exciting thing that's been going on just very recently in Israel is the excavation of the pools of uh, Siloam here. And this is a huge, huge discovery. It's a a big deal. Um, The pools of Siloam located in the southern portion of the city of David at the ancient epicenter of Jerusalem, sits just outside the old city walls is expected now to become one of the most important historic and tourist sites in the city. Uh, This article goes on to say, moreover the recently uncovered adjacent stone path dubbed the pilgrimage road, which uh, Jewish pilgrims used to ascend the Temple Mount during the second temple period after purifying themselves in water and donning white robes leads from the pool to the Mount. The Israeli archaeologist said, that's interesting because there's been a lot of talk recently about the temple perhaps being actually uh, was in the old city of David. And I was one of those going, man, there's some there's some value to that and potential. But now with this discovery of the, uh, of the uh, larger scale pools of Siloam in this Pilgrimage road that people would take their ceremonial baths in, uh, priests and such, and then go to the Temple Mount. This road leads right there. So uh, many are, are going back to, you know, just seeing that absolutely the temple was there uh, where we have the the Temple Mount today. It goes on to say here the, the pool was in use during the time of Jesus. You know, according to the Gospel of John, it was at the Siloam pool that. Jesus healed the blind man. There's no doubt that this is one of the most important historic sites in Jerusalem and as such, it should be fully exposed. It's not every day that we find an icon in Jerusalem. This is not just a huge find, it's a mega find, they said. Jerusalem Mayor Moshe Lion said in a statement, the Pool of Siloam in the City of David National Park in Jerusalem is a site of historic, national and international significance after many years of anticipation. We'll soon merit being able to uncover this important site and make it accessible to the millions of visitors visiting Jerusalem each year. So this coming year, um, travelers to Israel at some point, are going to be able to see, you know, the pools of, uh, of Siloam. And uh, they're saying that this is one of the most important finds that they've had. And so that's going to draw a lot of attention uh, to Israel. And uh, it's wonderful just to see how the Bible just keeps getting proven right. And that's exciting. And so, uh, w- listen, we're, we're living in exciting days. And again, we don't want to bring these things up to scare worry or bring you to a place of fear when we talk about transhumanism, digital IDs, uh, when we talk about um, the rise of of wickedness in the world. This is not meant to worry you. It's meant to prepare you to say, hey, uh, this is what we're up against, but Lord, we wanna be watchful and ready we want to be found faithful when you come and these things are a reminder that jesus is indeed coming soon i want to share with you just in closing uh something i read from david jeremiah in his book where do we go from here he says this as jesus was preparing to finish his earthly work and return to heaven he told his disciples these things i spoken to you that in me you may have peace In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Now that's a familiar verse, but look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. Because he writes, notice the phrase, in me. The Lord's promise to the disciples was the promise of himself. His peace was to be found in him. Jesus didn't say, hey, in the world you'll have tribulation, but I've overcome tribulation. No, he says, in the world, you'll have tribulation, but I've overcome the world. Jesus doesn't just overcome the event. He overcomes the environment in which the event occurs. And that's incredible. Jesus comes to you in the midst of the struggle when the battle is almost unbearable and the circumstances look impossible with the voice of absolute certainty and strength he speaks to you of peace and bestows the encouragement you need he raises your morale and fills you with strength he says to you my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give it to you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid so i pray today that you will know the very peace of god that is found in jesus may we continue to abide in him may we continue to live for him serve him and honor him and be found faithful when he comes and he's coming soon listen if you're here today or you're watching online and you do not know that peace that we can have through god that you don't know where your life is situated if jesus were to come again today or if you were to die today Do you have the assurance that you'd be in heaven with him if you're not sure that can change right now by simply turning to jesus in faith bible tells us that we're called to repent that means to turn away from our sin and to turn to jesus no one enters into eternal life with christ apart from being born again you need to be born again which again is simply saying I'm gonna turn from my life and I wanna be given new life in you, Jesus. I wanna receive what you have for me. And Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin that you could be forgiven and that you could receive life and life eternal in him. And if you do not have an assurance of that, man, I, I call out to you today to say, get right with Jesus. We're living in precarious, interesting times. And we don't know how much time we're gonna have left. But the most important thing you can do is to be right with Jesus. And He's provided it for you. It's not by standing in your own righteousness, by your own good works. It's by receiving what He did for you. And when you do, you can have that peace that's found in Him. Receive Him today, open your heart. Ask Him to forgive you your sin. Repent and turn from where you've been going and turn to Him today. And if you've done that, would you come and talk to me after I'd love to share more with you? If you've received Jesus, you're watching online and you want to receive Jesus, would you just simply pray and ask Him to come and be the Lord of your life, ask Him to forgive your sin? And if you've done that, email us. We'd love to share more with you about these things, all right? Why don't we pray? Lord, thank you for our time together today to look at these interesting things that are going on in the world. Lord, we don't want them to distract or to discourage. Lord, we want them rather to to build us up in you to, to cause us to look up because we know when we see these things, our redemption draws near. And we look to you, Lord, as our hope, as our salvation. And I pray that you will continue these days that we have to draw many to you And may we be active to share that good news with others that we might see many more turn to you in these last days and receive that gift of salvation you have for us. So strengthen us as your church. Lord, may we be ready and watchful and prepared for what lies ahead, but may our confidence continue to lie in you in all these things now. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.